And it's Friday yet again. I do like it when it's Friday yet again. That always makes me happy for it to be Friday. Which only happens on Friday. So you, you see, you get my drift, don't you? GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming to you live on the WORD Facebook page, if that's your cup of tea. And on the Odyssey app, I got three podcasts for you. Just waiting. Straight talk, lock and load, gun owners news hour. It don't cost nothing. I, I saw the part about Feinstein. I was sitting here and I, I saw one of the texts pop up saying that it happened to her. And not much to say about that, you know, in in terms of, of certain things. She was very much intent about, upon imposing her will on the American people in a lot of different ways. So, okay. Now, the saying goes, well, especially in politics, that you, you prepare to fight the last war, not the next one. You, 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 you know, off of the last war, you got all these after-action reviews, and you're looking back and looking at the mistakes and all these things you might have made and everything, and you're looking at that. But here we are, we're sitting here, and there are some people out there that think there's a real possibility that the egomaniacal Joe Biden will drop out of this presidential race, even though he says he's not going to, and then he forgets he just said that. They also think that he would be replaced by Michelle Obama, which um, I don't know exactly how that works, simply because, well, you know, according to her, she doesn't even want to go back to D.C. The other thing is, what's she qualified to do? She, she sat at the White House a lot. She, you know, she... Just because she was married to the guy? Is this Hillary Clinton too? Is that is that why we're looking at Michelle Obama? Because that's why we looked at Hillary Clinton. Everybody thought Hillary Clinton was just the, you know, the smartest person in the room. Except she wasn't. She was never the smartest person in the room. She was just the most bitter. Some people are concerned that the Obama installation might occur. But that's the interesting part, the installation part. Same thing, you know, ditto with uh, Gavin Newsom, who obviously wants to be president. I Nobody, you know, I have not heard Michelle Obama say anything about wanting to run for president. Now, many people got out there and they said, well, the Biden presidency means this is Obama too. This is the third term of the Obama presidency. And, and you know, that might be, that might be, you know, Gropey Joe, he was used to taking orders from Barack and, you know, being an unwitting scapegoat. And, you know, he, he was happy as long as he was getting his sugar cones and his soft serve and the Matlock marathons. He was happy as long as Commander got to bite on every other person that walked in the door. Everything was good with Joe. Not much, you know, 24 million from various sources. That's fine. I'm good. I don't need much. Now, we know the left likes to play ID politics. So this could be pre-planned for maximum effect, although I don't see them planning it. You know, you, I, I'm looking at a lot of conjecture out there. And uh, what they're going to try to do if they were to actually do this, this is the thing that I'm just thinking. So if they look at this, you'd have this electoral contest between two older men 
biological sex and skin color has nothing to do with which way they go politically. And it becomes reframed as a contest between white male and a black female. And again, the characteristics are irrelevant unless you're a leftist. And then it's a near constant obsession. This means that nobody listened to Martin Luther King Jr. So any criticism of Michelle would be ascribed to racism, sexism, and any other ism they could put to it. And you could bet that age would suddenly become a factor. And the media, of course, would forget everything they just said about Joe Biden. Now, Beijing Biden, he's just a marionette for someone behind the green curtain. And his handler had to be powerful enough to assume control over a president. And all of that points to Barack Obama. As he runs this broken down Wizard of Oz little scheme he's got going on. <sighs> And Biden was used to taking orders from him. He's also an old-school Democrat operative. He, he's one of the lie, cheat, steal. And perfectly accepting of orders that go along with his ideological thinking. He was also surrounded by the acolytes of the Obama administration for some strange reason. And you've heard him saying, I'm just following orders, you know. Why did he embrace, for example, Bidenomics? This is an indicator of being a narcissist. Because he thinks this means he lives forever now. We'll always remember Bidenomics. But this intertwines him with the mess that the party has made of the country. So when they get rid of Biden, there goes Bidenomics. And the new candidate can wash his or her hands of the disaster. But this means whoever does presume to take over the Democratic mantra has to disavow Joe Biden. But everything flows downstream for this. And the media is going to fall right in line with it. All the Democratic nonsense, that will all be forgiven. And Biden will become the villain. They'll hang this around his neck like, uh, you know, like a big, like a big albatross with, a, with an anvil and maybe one of those burning tires. I don't know. Then there's the illegal invasion, which has everything going swimmingly. You know, you've got Eric Adams out there saying, New York is destroyed because of 114,000 illegal migrants. Destroyed. But see, here's the problem the far left has. The things they want to do, they want to destroy the country. They, they say fundamentally transform. That means destroy it. But they also want to maintain control over the chaos they create. Now, Biden was a good guy for this because he's a fall guy. But let's, you know, let's be blunt here. They've got a 10 percentage point poll that they're panicking over because they can't cheat a win out of that kind of a deficit. This, they can only cheat and take the election in a close election. And the left are already taking offense at being called cheaters and Nazis. And, you know, they've been hurling those kind of, those kind of names at us for years. So, you know, they're not going to get any sympathy from us. But if, if, if Biden drops out, then someone will have to step up to take his place. It's not going to be Kamala Harris. Now, Biden has made it to where you don't really have to be the president to be the president because he's never there. And I guess Michelle maybe could do it if she, you know, if she just goes by that template. Now, 
What Trump did, what little he was able to do, that should be enough to put him on Rushmore because he did it against all kinds of odds. He changed the debate on abortion, on self-defense. He changed the judicial appointments. He stopped the far-left assault on your human rights, and they hate him. Now, we're on the edge of the cliff. We need to concentrate on what we're doing as far as who we're going to stick out there. And just remember this. we got to win, okay? Win, baby, win. To borrow the Gettysburg movie phrase, if we lose this fight, we lose the war. If we lose the election, we probably lose the country. Don't, you know, forget all the other stuff about, uh, you know, democracy and republics and all these other things. If we lose this election, we probably lose the country. So we're going to have to focus. This is going to require focus. We have it in us. We have done it before. We have done it before. We can coalesce. We can get cohesive. We can do all those little words. And then we can go out and just do the deed. But it's going to take focus on our part. On the voters' part, we're going to have to focus. And not get caught up in all of these little squabbles and all of these little debates. And I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to point out what happens when the voters don't focus. Because the reason everything that is happening in Chicago is happening is because of the voters. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Well, I didn't push that button on the stream. Let's do that. Now, that's that way. That's the way it's supposed to be on the stream there. Yes, indeed. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Let me check that comment right there. Okay, we'll look into that. That's going to happen. We're going to take care of that, I promise you. And, of course... On the free Odyssey app, i got three podcasts waiting for you. Go check those out. Um, whenever, whenever you look at an area that has one party in charge of everything, and they're all out there going, this is horrible. Well, they did it. Right now in Chicago, for example, a new thing is taking hold. They've got areas of the city being labeled as food deserts because there's no grocery stores nearby. The residents only have themselves to blame. In the past five years, according to ABC7, they have lost Whole Foods, two Targets, and three Walmarts. And normally, Whole Foods, which is owned by Amazon, Target, which is Target, Walmart, well, you know, all of those would be considered too large to fail but they are struggling to maintain profitability. So it comes down to, it just simply comes down to that. Whenever you get out there and you look at a business that closes its doors, 
It has nothing to do with them not wanting to be a good citizen in the community or anything like that. They're in the business to do business, and they're in the business to make a profit. And if they're not able to make a profit for whatever reason, for whatever reason, then they're going to fold their tent and go away. Now, most of the time, it's very hard to drive one of these stores away. Very hard to drive a Walmart away. But in, in Chicago, they closed half their stores earlier this year. In their press release, they said the simplest explanation is that collectively our Chicago stores have not been profitable since we opened the first one nearly 17 years ago. These stores lose tens of millions of dollars a year and their annual losses nearly doubled in just the last five years. And that's because they allow crime. All things being equal, if you cannot have a safe environment and you cannot operate due to crime, and if you're losing so much due to crime, and looting and however else it goes, uh, then you're gonna you're just gonna quit being there. You're gonna quit showing up. These stores have the same issue that everybody else has right now, where they're short staffed. Uh, crime is growing virtually unchecked. That is growth industry. Many store chains have policies for employees, including security, not to stop them because they're afraid the employee might be hurt. Although they just aren't hiring the right people for that part of the stuff, and. When you do this, when you create this passive path, this means criminals just take what they want, leaving the company to take the loss. And they expect you to restock because they'll be back tomorrow. Now, there are those in Chicagoland that like to say that crime's not a problem. Although maybe some of the politicians are beginning to answer this, but all you have to do is look on the streets of the city and see what's happening. You got hundreds of teens rioting. Who wants to be in the middle of that? Damaging property, attacking people. And for no other reason than we're going to put it on Facebook. We're going to put it on Instagram. We're going to put it on TikTok. It is so bad right now with this. Okay. Let's say me and a bunch of my friends go there, and our job is simply to exist in one place for one day to, to keep the, you know, the whole foods open. That's our job. Even with the violence that we bring, that's just going to be filmed and put on TikTok and on Facebook and on YouTube. Nobody, all you're going to see coming out are going to be Smartphones. So stores in these high crime areas are dealing with a greater number of shoplifting incidents that police can't respond to because they're short-staffed and shoplifting isn't as important to them as dealing with a murder or a rape or an assault. So, open season on these stores. But this is important to them because merchandise stolen is written off as a loss, but that loss reduces the store's profitability. Walmarts have a 6% profit. So if they can't make it in Chicago and be profitable, what is a grocery store going to do when they make around 2%? See, the problem in grocery stores is not what's in the middle of the store. All of the durable goods, canned goods, box goods, all that stuff. That's fine. But where they lose it is in the refrigerated goods, the frozen goods, produce, cooked, meat, that kind of thing. It's Produce, I said produce twice. Anything they can have shrink on, anything that affects them, that's going to be a loss. So they have a very low percentage of profit that they have to maintain at all costs. And in Chicago, they haven't been able to do it. 
So Chicago's answer to the problem is to not let the police do their jobs and arrest criminals. So, and the people who have already shown that they don't know why there's a food desert in the city want more control over people's lives. And they're considering creating city-owned grocery stores, which will not address the reason the other stores have closed. So this means that a city store coming in would have to deal with a high level of shoplifting. The other choices for dealing with it would be to raise the prices of products at the store, which residents of those areas would probably complain about. And that would also drive more people to shoplift if they couldn't buy it. The other choice would be to raise taxes citywide citywide to subsidize the stores. And none of those things, any of those things that they try will not be sustainable because it doesn't deal with the underlying problem. You either get the higher tax band-aid, which is a would, it would be over on top of a uh, another Band-Aid, which would be city-owned stores. If you want to see businesses return, it's got to be attractive for the business environment, which means that in the business environment, I can roll up, I can get out of my car, I don't have to worry about my car getting broken into, I can get my own shopping cart, I don't have to worry about being in a gunfight to get between me and the store, and I don't have to worry about being in a gunfight while I shop. So, the reason that this is the fault of the voters is because these are the people they voted in. These are the ones that uh, are doing their best to minimize the police. So, in other words, the voting public of Chicago voted for the food deserts. Now, I point this out to you for one reason. Everybody's up in arms right now about the Greenville County Council and their big tax raise. They've got to be reelected, right? So, are we going to vote for the food desert again? Are we going to vote for the things we're complaining about again? I would say it's your call, but, you know, in Chicago it's their call, and they just seem to, like, they get in a trance on uh, on, on election day. They just go in there, they got to hit that D. I don't even know if Republicans run in these areas. I mean, they haven't they haven't had a Republican mayor in Chicago since the 30s, the 1930s. So almost 100 years they haven't had a Republican mayor. So, you know, when they get out there and say, well, it's the fault of the Republicans, it's the fault of the conservatives. No, it isn't. You guys got this. You guys got this. And it's not about racism either, is it? No, it's not about those things. It's about policy. That's colorblind. So let's also consider something that is also colorblind, which is treason. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Uh, interesting text. We have a veto-proof Republican majority in the state, yet we continue to trend left. We won the last presidential election. Overwhelmingly, the manipulators have been preparing for 2024. Yes, I will still vote. Um, so when you're talking 
presidential election, you're talking about nationally, right? Because we didn't win that one last night. It got stolen. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not a constitutional scholar. You'll notice all of them have retreated. They've gone away because they're afraid of being canceled. I'm not afraid of being canceled. Because, you know, I, I have three radio shows. So cancel me, by all means. I Anything you do. If you come at me, my program director is just going to love it even more. He'll just love it. Because we know the value of this. We know the value of all this. So you can't cancel me. So what does it mean to commit the heinous crime of treason in the United States today as defined in our Constitution? It reads, treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. No person shall be convicted of treason unless on the testimony of two witnesses to the same overt act or on confession in open court. The Congress shall have power to declare the punishment of treason, but no attainder of treason shall work corruption of blood or forfeiture except during the life of the person attained. Now, I would have to say, as I look at what goes on here in this federal government and with the things that we're doing, right, that we have, we're, we're watching in real-time treason. And we're seeing it on all social media. Giving aid and comfort to the enemy and adhering to our enemies. This administration has committed both. So, Here's the question to be put forward. Has our president, the presumptive leader, the de facto boss of this current administration, has he used this office to make war against us? So, an overt act of war, the way the founders contemplated it, supplying weaponry and manpower directly and openly to our enemy, hasn't precisely occurred because our enemy is not another country, but it's within our country. It is a domestic enemy. He has left war materials and defenseless military personnel in Afghanistan. He's taken the war materials that we have built, that we developed, that we researched, that we mastered, and then he's given them to other countries. He's given them to Ukraine, so they are no longer available should we need them. And now we're less able to defend ourselves. And he's decimated the once proud manpower of our military from within. On energy, he stopped allowing any sort of drilling. He stopped, he stopped any sort of, you know, he stopped pipelines, all this other stuff. And then he started going into the strategic oil reserve. And he's used half of it. And the problem with this is that this is stored in a salt cave. And sometimes when they actually physically remove this stuff, because it physically exists, when they remove this stuff, these salt caves sort of fall in on themselves. So once this is pulled out, we're either going to have to build another facility or we're just going to have to give up on the idea that we have a strategic oil reserve. Now, if we open up the spigots, you know what we don't need? We don't need a strategic oil reserve. But... By him depleting this and by him making us energy dependent, this has made us vulnerable. And now we're less able to defend ourselves. Um, it used to be when we were energy independent, let's play the game and we'd, we'd get out there and, okay, EMP occurs. 
takes out the middle of the country because one EMP is not going to take out the entire country. I, well, let me qualify that. It would have to be a massive yield, and I don't know how you control that one. It would, it would be a massive yield. So probably more likely that we would see multiples popped. When we're energy independent, this means that we can get the, see, the military would have to bring resources to us. And they would. Well, it used to be they would. <laughs> and they have hardened, you know, machinery there that can withstand the EMP. But that's all run on diesel. Or as they call it, they called it MOGAS back when I was in it. And, you know, by making us more dependent on energy, that means we're limited. We should be energy independent simply for the matter of making sure the military has the fuel. That's, that's it. That's the biggest thing. So, Biden and his administration are willing to commit internal acts of war against the people. He's also armed up a bunch of incompetence, but they do have weapons. And uh, we're, we're talking about uh, this thing that came out of OpenTheBooks.com. The Internal Revenue Service bought enough military equipment, ammunition, and other tactical gear in an effort to militarize the agency. They spent $35 million on weaponry and ammo by the IRS since 2006, including $10 million in the last three years. They have 5 million rounds of ammunition, 4,500 or so guns. Not exactly an army. Um, the 5 million rounds of ammo they have, having a bunch of loose ammo just means you got a bunch of heavy stuff to carry around. If it's not in magazines and not ready to go, it's more of a hindrance to have that in a room. Okay? Unless you're in, in a room to where you can load the magazines at your leisure and feed them to the people that need them. So don't get too... I mean, right behind me is 10,000 rounds of ammo. Loose. And it is of no use to me. Now I've got 85 magazines ready to go for my AR, though. Now that puts me in the fight. So don't get don't get too wound up in this stuff. Uh, 4,500 guns, 5 million rounds of ammo. Big deal. Is it in magazines? That's what you got to ask. But you got to ask also, why are we arming up the IRS? We don't have anything that looks like normal life on any border town or city in the United States. And that deprives the citizens of those cities and towns of their property rights. And it deprives them of a peaceful existence. And the people coming over are uneducated, they're needy, sometimes they're violent, and whatever they are, they're disrupting the peaceful existence. And they're bringing disease with them. And this has been dispersed very well. We now have tuberculosis and malaria, which, you know, two familiar but previously eradicated killers, roaming about the country. Thanks, Joe Biden. So when Congress dilly-dallies about an inquiry about whether we should hold impeachment hearings, we're losing a, the, the country to the enemy, and, uh, you know, enemy from within. Just saying... Just saying. And one thing you can look at this with this uh, illegal migration, you can let's go look at how this impacts the human trafficking industry, shall we? This is News Talk 98.9 WORD.
On the text line, I'm being asked about uh, these other armed alphabet agencies. Just, you know, don't get too wound up in this. These guys aren't training to be ninjas and SWAT members and everything else. I've seen them train. Not firsthand. I've seen video of them training. Uh, they don't even know how to grip a gun. They don't know how to move. They wouldn't be. They're, they're not, you know, they're not Sergeant Rock. <laughs> Anyway, GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. When I remember to push the buttons, I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Podcasts available. Don't cost nothing on the free Odyssey app. Nobody liked the sound of freedom on the left because it put the spotlight on human trafficking. And... You might ask, what really is human trafficking? Human trafficking is not entirely where they roll up on a really good-looking girl in a bikini and they throw a hood over her head and pull her into a panel van and she vanishes and she's sold into sex slavery. That's not how that works. That's not really... I, I'm sure that happens. Maybe not all those details involved, but that's not how that happens uh, on the scale we're talking about. Because what I'm talking about is the human trafficking where they're bringing them here. They're bringing them to the United States. So, in California, cannabis is legal, but you have to have a license to grow and produce marijuana. So, there's a lot, and I do mean a lot, of illegal marijuana fields, grows, operations happening in California. In Merced County, they uncovered thousands of pounds of finished product marijuana, all of it illegally sourced and processed. One of the biggest ones they've ever encountered. But they also came across 60 people working there who were smuggled across the U.S.-Mexico border and they were put on the payment plan for their, for their coyote fees. So now they have to work for this illegal, you know, illegal marijuana plant and they live in squalor while they work to pay off their debt to the cartel that snuck them into the U.S. So you've got an illegal grow going on right here and then you have 60 people that they were promised jobs and this is you know the enticement was well we'll get you a job and then when you get over there we'll just uh you know we'll, we'll work that out but now they're working for, they're still working for the cartels that got them there in the first place they were brought across the border on the promise of making money every day sheriff Vern warrant said that these people are indentured they owe money and yet here they are at an illegal processing center and they're scared to death now, indenture was a contract between an employer who paid an individual's passage to the colonies and an employee who agreed to work without salary to pay off that passage. We would refer to that today as the barter system in advertising. I've done some barter stuff. But it also is a means of obtaining cheap labor, and it was, just, it was you know, perceived to be very exploitative. exploitative. And the 13th Amendment also outlawed indentured servitude in the United States. One of the human trafficking victims included a juvenile. And they found his parents. And they released them to him. But the real tragedy is that this happens every day. This is just one that got caught. This happens every day. These are the people that are attracted here by the loose border policy. 
And then that last step they have to take, they have to get with one of these cartel coyote companies and uh, the triple C, and then they get with CCC and then they get brought over and all of a sudden they owe a bunch of money. They owe, you know, five figures. But don't worry, we found a way for you to go ahead and, and pay us off. You're just going to have to work over here on this illegal grow for about four years. We are ranked, and this is horrible. This is horrible. I can't believe it, but it's true. We are ranked as one of the worst countries in the world for human trafficking. We know, and this is coming from Deliver Fund, a nonprofit, approximately 199,000 incidents of human trafficking occur annually, and it's only getting worse. And we have 2,200 people that have been referred to U.S. attorneys for human trafficking offenses in 2020. You know, during the height of the uh, pandemic experiment. That was a 62% increase from the statistics released in 2011. And the people prosecuted for human trafficking increased a whopping 84% during that same time span. Number of people convicted also increased. This began as a very scattered sort of, uh, you know, this is where the speciality, the freelance coyotes came in. And because the cartels have got into it, now it's a multi-billion dollar business. And, you know, this has been going on since the Obama administration. But that was just the beginning. That was when it was in its infancy. Under, under Biden, it has, it has matured. Technology has matured. So... No matter why people choose to come across the border illegally, there's a lot of things we can state about why they might be doing it. But one thing, one, one, one common denominator is they think that the southern border is open. Guy from Venezuela said, it's open, not closed. The border is open. We come in free, no problem. Okay. The Biden administration has attempted to, squ to squash this, but uh, you know they're trying to say the border is closed. They got Ayanna Presley out there the other day, and she was looking at the camera, going, "The border is secure." Sure it is, Ayanna. Sure it is. We don't have to believe our lion eyes. We can just look at your beautiful bald head. And listen, I know what a beautiful bald head looks like because I look at mine every day. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by Big Rich Cochran. He's the commander of Post Three of the American Legion. And he's got some stuff happening right there in downtown Greenville that been going on for a while and you probably don't know about it. So this is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.